I will use a maximal pushing action. So it's a PIMA for what we know about the isometric strengthening. So it's a pushing isometric maximal action. So pushing strength flexion around the MTP joint. So you have a dorsiflexion of the toes, as I told you, to increase the force length optimization. So to have a better capacity to produce forces. Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast, the podcast that dives into the philosophies, ideas, and practices of some of the best practitioners in high-performance sport. We are kicking off 2023 of the Pacey Performance Podcast with an absolute cracking episode from Roman Tourillon, and I hope I haven't absolutely butchered his name because I've tried to put on my best French accent, but... A credit to Roman because he came on the podcast and like anyone that comes on the podcast when English isn't their first language and he absolutely smashed it. It's a two-part episode and in this first one we have a little chat around traditional foot training, low-level foot training and why we need to move away from that, why we need to move on and progress and move away from the mini bands. Then we have a little look at the links to sports performance and foot training. Then we move on to the forefoot and how we assess the forefoot and Roman also provides some benchmarks as well for us to work to work to then we finish off this part one with strengthening the forefoot so what exercises how do you prescribe where does that fit in the overall program when it comes to strengthening the forefoot so if you're interested in developing your knowledge of foot strengthening and foot assessment this this episode and the part two that comes next week are definitely for you and Roman does an incredible job at explaining all the intricacies and the complexities of the foot so I'm going to leave it up to Roman off we go and I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Team Builder Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world the powerhouse platform increases efficiency, saves paper, and can handle any type of programming. It's a perfect fit for professional and academy teams, performance institutes, schools, and universities. Team Builder is full of tools that help coaches' needs. Multiple max tracking methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting, just to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with Team Builder's in-house sports scientist to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with promo code SPORTSMITH to start your 30-day free trial. And this episode is also sponsored by Hawking Dynamics. Hawking Dynamics is the world's first wireless force plate testing system. The Hawking Dynamics system is built for coaches to test in the real world, not just in the lab. Capture reliable data on all your athletes in a matter of minutes and monitor their progress in the cloud from anywhere in the world. The Hawking Dynamics force plates are wireless, portable and trusted by teams at every level of sport. Integrating force plates into your athlete monitoring program has never been easier or more affordable. If you want to see the Hawking Dynamics force plate system in action, head over to their website hawkingdynamics.com to schedule a demo or follow them on Twitter at Hawking Dynamics. And also sponsored by Smarterbase. 
So Smartabase is the premier human performance optimization platform for elite sports teams and military organizations. So built on an infinitely configurable framework, Smartabase is the most flexible software on the market. Create an adaptable solution to support your unique strategies, processes and culture for a fraction of the cost and time it takes to build your own. Centralize your performance and health data by easily integrating with other tech and data systems using Smarterbase's robust API and pre-built connectors. Improve performance and reduce injury by enabling better communication and decision-making with role-based access, custom workflows, mobile apps, and personalized visual dashboards. And with the Smarterbase success guarantee, you can be confident in your human performance solution and the people who stand by it. Visit smarterbase.com to learn how Smarterbase can help you improve athlete performance and service member combat readiness. So without further ado, over to the episode with Roman. Roman, welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Hey Rob, thank you for the invitation. It's a great pleasure, yeah. No, thank you very much. I'm always super, super appreciative of people coming on the podcast and speaking in English when English is not your first language. So thank you very, very much. I do really appreciate it, especially taking time on your holiday as well. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah. So I will first, yeah, apologize for all the grammatical, uh, all the syntax of the error and mistake that I will do in the, the next hour. But yeah, yeah, that, that's really a, an important thing for non-Anglo-Saxon people to are able, you know, to, to, to write articles, English article, and, and also to, to, to speak. So we work also on that, yeah. Thank you very much. You mentioned the article that you wrote for Sportsmith. So this is a bit of a follow-up to that article, which went down really, really well, was super popular on foot and ankle training and testing. And like we said before I hit record, this is an area that people are very, very interested in, mainly because there's a lot been spoken about it, but research probably isn't, well, you, you know more than me, but research isn't there. Um, to back up some of these claims and the, the protocols and things that, that people are doing in the field. So that's why we're here today. So, but before we get into that, would you mind just giving us a brief intro to you? Yeah, of course. So yeah, my name is uh, Romain Tourillon. So I, I always say that I have four big hats in my professional career. So the first hat is uh, my clinical hat, as I'm a sport physiotherapist, so working in Latour Hospital in Geneva, in Switzerland, where I lead the, the foot ankle services in the physiotherapy department. I would say in my clinical practice, I'm now just looking after a patient with lower limb injury. So it could be uh, after post-operative surgery, like an anterior cruciate ligament, or it could be much more chronic issue like yeah, chronic ankle instability or, or chronic tendinopathy. My second art is my yeah, research art as uh, I'm currently involved in a PhD. So I will, under the supervision of uh, JB Marine, so Pascal Edouard and, and Francois Fouché, and my PhD thesis, so the, the title, is the role on the function of the human foot muscle strength in uh, explosive tasks. So I would say in kinetics explosive task, and we will talking about uh, later. My third ad is a consultant and a teacher ad, as uh, I give uh, courses 
all, all around the, the country, so France and, and, and Switzerland, to uh, physiotherapists in relation to yeah, foot ankle rehabilitation, so injury to, to sport performance. And in the next year, it will be, I will also give uh, courses in, in Australia and Italy and also in Belgium. So it will be, I would say, the, my first course is in English. So it, it will be, yeah, I hope great for sure to, to, to travel the world, to, 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 to share knowledge and, and, and to give courses. But yeah, a little bit, uh, yeah, oh, I can say that. Yeah, it could be uh, something yeah difficult for non-Anglo-Saxon to to do that. And my final art is a representative art, as I'm also an active member of the International Angle Consortium. So it's a scientific organization. So with the aim of promoting uh, the dissemination of uh, research informed knowledge in relation to the ankle. So. Uh, it's really an honor because I'm the youngest person of this group and it's, I, I work with amazing researcher and a human person. So it's, it's really great. So I'm in this group since uh, 2020. Very interesting. Lots of hats, which makes me even more appreciative of you taking the time to write such an extensive article on the foot and ankle. <laughs> so no, thank you very much. Um, so let's, let's dive in. So the most, I suppose the most basic of, of questions, which probably will yield a more in-depth answer, but why do we need to train the foot? What contribution does it actually have to sports performance? Oh, yeah. So, so that's a great question. Um, I would say just to, to, to have a, a big clarification. So the first clarification of this podcast and of the article is not to say that you the foot is the most important, you know, region of the lobeling and you have just to focus on it to perform. But the, the idea of this article, it's really to uh, have this holistic approach, as I always say, so to consider the lower limb from the hip, just from the hip to through the toes. And through the toes, I will say, through, through the toes and the ankle, it, it, it's the foot. And um, we know that so the foot has an important uh, role in the lower limb function and that we have to, 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 to focus on, on, you have to also be aware of what he, he does and what he doesn't. So that's uh, what the, the, the science uh, also say. So for me, it's really important to consider this in, in the lower limb uh, function, so to consider the, the foot from uh, an assessment point of view and also for the for the train training pottery. So working on the foot after an hamstring injury, it could be for me really important. It could be an issue, but also working your hip after plantar heel pain, uh, your hip extensor for, for, for example, it's also could be an issue. So it's really to, to have the consider of the holistic approach. And I just want to have a comprehensive view of the foot in, in this lower limb. So yeah, I think that's I would say the big clarification of the of 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 the of the beginning of this talk. And so to answer to your question, so yeah, I think you have too too many reports uh, in relation to the food. The first one is that yeah, it's my it's must must be the less assess and the less train 
region of the, the lower limb chain. So that, that, that's a fact. As you know, because we, we don't know exactly what it does and what it doesn't also. Um, it's the second report also. It's, it's always funny that always pe people combine the foot and ankle. They, I, I always listen to work on your foot ankle stiffness, work on your foot ankle strength, and, and you combine these this, this two joints. And for me, um, to combine these, you have to, to measure error. The, the first one, scientific, scientifically, we know that, yeah, the, the ankle plantar flexor, so the plantar flexion with the, with the calf is an important aspect in explosive tasks. So like we know this in, in cutting, we know this in uh, acceleration, the work of the of Sachi, of Pandi, so the Australian uh, biomechanical research group showed that, but they they showed this with um, I will say um, a basic uh, anatomical aspect of the foot, which is a rigid. So it's just saying that the foot and ankle it's 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 a rigid rigid part that that uh, doesn't deform, and we know that it's not really the reality, but we know also scientifically it's pretty challenging to perform explosive tasks with have a modeling of with have a great uh, biomechanical modeling of, of the foot. So I will say that yeah the ankle plantar flexor is pretty important, but the transfer of all that your ankle can produce and all that you your, your calf can produce, so leaves and gastrocnemius is only as important of, of, of your foot and all the structure within the foot to, to transfer the, the, this foot and this production. And in relation to that here, yeah, you have two uh, big region, uh, anatomical uh, region that are pretty important in the foot is the, is the first one is the medial arch, uh, so the mite foot. So we know that the foot play a big role in the energy conservation in the lower limb. So it has really a spring, what we call a spring-like function that store and release mechanical energy in, in, in the stance phase. And we know that it's not just passive. So historically, we believe that it was just the, the plantar fascia and, uh, and the ligament uh, within the foot that uh, does this, uh, uh, I would say, function. And we know since the the work of, of Luke Kelly, which is, uh, I would say, the, the best researcher in relation to uh, understand the role of the human foot muscle. And we know that the intrinsic foot muscle play a, a role also in the spring-like function. So it's an active spring-like function. So it's pretty interesting, I would say, in steady-state locomotion, so like running or at uh, max speed, so knowing that the, the, the foot have an important in the, in the spring lag. We also know that the foot play a, a big role in the energy absorption and generation. So during non-steady state locomotions are like um, drop, drop landing, drop jumping, like hopping or like in acceleration. And approximately we can say that uh, the, the foot um, can dissipate in generation uh, between 10 and 18% of the 
of the energy uh, in relation to the acceleration or deceleration of the center of mass. So I think it's pretty, uh, for a small re, uh, part of the lower limb, I, I believe that it's pretty important. It's, it's pretty huge. And we know also that uh, which structure does the majority of the, this job. We know that it's the extrinsic foot muscle, which are located uh, externally to the foot. And but at that, uh, they have the insertion inside the foot that are the greatest energetic contributor. And what about the intrinsic foot muscle? So the intrinsic foot muscle, which has, which are the the muscle that insert inside the foot, we know that this muscle uh, play a, a greatest role, I would say, uh, for giving a good. Uh, leverage for the ankle and we know that when you you, you can't actively uh, produce force uh, when the intrinsic so it can't actively produce force uh, we know that you have an impaired uh, you have an, um, an impaired of your ankle function so of your power and your force production so we know this in, in, in running, but also in hopping and in drop landing and drop jumping, for example. So th that was interesting to say that maybe the much the importance of the intrinsic, it's really to, to stiffen the forefoot and to give a good leverage of for the for the ankle, for the calf. And for the extrinsic foot muscle, uh, they have play a major role of uh, an energetic energetic contribution, sorry, to, to the foot. So that's why uh, as the forefoot and the mid foot is the in exposit as the, the only part of the bod uh, body that touch the ground, that after in, in the assessment and the training, you have to, to, to focus on. So I will say to synthesize foot ankle complex is one, the, the calf, the ankle plantar flexor. It's uh, the mid foot region, it's the foot foot region, and we will uh, talk about uh, this later also the, the the role of the first ray when considering the, the the full foot so yeah i think that's the what we know about the the foot i was going to ask you a bit of a a pre-question a pre which maybe should have come first and it was a basic anatomy lesson of the foot but i think you've i think you've covered that is there anything else you'd want to clarify around the anatomy yeah, I would say that it's really um, a very com complex uh, structure because you have many, many art articulations. You have 16 to 70 articulations. You have many bones, many muscles. But yeah, it's uh, interestingly, it's really the part of the body that has evolved the most since... Uh, since, since the yeah since the human evolution so so pacing from uh, uh, grasping grasping um, tree sorry to 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 be bipedalism yeah so human bipedalism so we know that now we have uh, not an adducted big toe uh, we know that we have a, an important uh, human arch medial longitudinal arch that play this role of storage, store and release mechanical energy. 
and we have also a big um, calcanese, so a big uh, a bone, heel bone, uh, in comparison to to to, to monkey and, and chimpanzee and, and so on. So yeah, anatomically, I will say that you can divide it in three regions: the rear foot, the mid foot, and the forefoot. And you can divide it, and we know that from muscle point of view, you have these two big groups. And in this article, I I will say just talk about the intrinsic foot muscle and the extrinsic foot muscle, which play a role in into flexion. So yeah, we know that you have also the the tibialis, so posterior, interior, the fibularis also that are extrinsic. But yeah, in this article and this postcard, we will talk much about intrinsic foot muscle and extrinsic uh, two flexors. Perfect. Right. When anyone says foot strengthening or you see it on social media, my first thought, or certainly what I've seen, is uh, bands, um, like super, well, what I would consider, and probably you would consider as well, low, pretty low-level stuff. Can you give us a bit of a, an overview of the kind of current or traditional foot strength, foot strengthening p- protocols? Am I right in thinking that it's traditionally super low-level with bands and things? So yeah, yeah, you're totally right on on this aspect uh, because when you look at yes, yeah, social social media and, and also the research. As you say, yeah, I saw many times so sitting position, terrible, uh, or I can to to posture or to to yoga exercise. And for me, it's maybe not uh, it's a bad or it's a good exercise. It's for me forgetting what we know about the foot, and that's why I believe that it's a light approach because when you know what uh, the the huge amount of force that the foot has to deal with. And in comparison, you look at what you want to strengthen your, your foot and your foot muscle. Yeah. Uh, I say, okay, there is some, maybe we, 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 we can be better. Or we, we can work on, on that. And that's why, um, so, uh, I will say reading a lot of uh, study for sure and, and research around the biomechanical aspect and the neurophysiological aspect around the foot. I raise four problems um, that I put inside the article. But for me, the, the problem number one is that is maybe a neurophysiological problem because we know that the intrinsic foot muscle, for example, and the abductor allusis have really a, a small motor unit in comparison to, to his uh, uh, physiological cross-sectional area. In comparison, the abductor policies for the, for the end is, uh, is, the, is the reverse. So you have many, many motor units in comparison to his physiological cross-sectional area. So my muscle, my foot, uh, my, um, sorry, my hands muscle are much more, um, I'm much more prone to have, to precisely have forced graduation, you know, to have two coordination. And in courses, I always um, say that. So this is me playing piano. 
you know? So my hands, foot muscle are able to, to do that. So neurophysiologically in, in, in contrast to the, to the, to our neurophysiological properties. So really to, to have, to, to are able to do that, to do this to, and so on. And that's why I say, but we, do we want uh, hands instead of feet? And in reverse, it's uh, a, f a foot of uh, very famous athletes that collapse to, to the ground, you know, that have this huge amount of force. And from a neurological property, we know that the foot uh, is really, has really, a, uh, has to deal with huge force and has to, can uh, produce a huge amount of force, but not, Precisely have uh, a, a, pre a, 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 pre uh, yeah, a precise, yeah, sorry, uh, a, pre a, a precise um, uh, rise of the of, of the forces. So that's why I think that all the two yoga or two posture exercise or maybe Theraband is is not neurophysiologically appropriated for for, for the foot, and that in consideration to to the foot, it has to be. Uh, yeah, stiff, but the, the, the tooth has to produce amount of force to, to when, when the, the foot and you have the dorsiflexion, the foot have to resist to, uh, to, to the vertical granulation or the horizontal or the mediolateral. And so he has to produce a, a huge amount of force uh, around that. And so the, the problem number two is, uh, as I told you, it's a, load bearing structure and we know that uh, considering this loading effect we know that uh, we have no electrical activity uh, around in the intrinsic foot muscle when you are just in standing position so, and we, we we know that since 70 years ago uh, but it's funny to 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 know that i will say and it start to, and the activity of the foot muscle start to increase uh, pacing from a single leg stance. So it's funny to see that we, we know that, but I, I don't see any um, exercise, it could be a social media, but also in research uh, to perform some kind of foot or two exercise and whatever you want to call that in uh, with weight bearing, with body overloading, what I call body overloading. And for me, it's for sure an issue for that because uh, I always say to, to some physiotherapists and strength and conditioning that told me that ah, my athletes struggle, you know, to perform my, my exercise. I, I said to you, okay, so just stand, do it in standing position uh, first also, but but also some body overload. And you will see that uh, you start to increase your activation of your foot muscle without performing any contraction. So just the effect of load, what we call in the foot, which is important, the load fine tuning. So they have really this capacity to, uh, to have this versatility, you know, so to, uh, increase their activity in relation to the load or to, to also to the task. And for me, that's also an important aspect. So just do this body overloading. You will see that maybe, and I have many experience that uh, it, it increased the, their capacity to perform the exercise. But as, as you probably um, 
think, yeah, it was try to, to do this and to do this with, with, with the toe. So th this is problem number two. And yeah, the problem number three, you know, it's also we have a neural activation deficit in, 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 around this uh, intrinsic foot muscle. We know that even in LC people or LC athletes, uh, they don't have the capacity to uh, fully activate the intrinsic foot muscle. And that's why we, I will say that we are the big innovation maybe in what we are doing now. It's also to use the electrical stimulation and to, to, have, to be the, the first research team to, to use this modality to the foot. Because uh, if you come back to the neurophysiological property, we know that you have, mm, I would say, um, a small number of motor units. And putting just two uh, electrodes uh, or just under the arch or for targeting the, I would say the three biggest intrinsic foot muscle from volume point of view, but also for the function point of view, uh, have uh, really uh, permitting from a clinical point of view to have really good uh, effect and good result about about symptom, about pain, but also about function. So plantar pressure distribution uh, during running, but also on force plate uh, assessment about the, the stiffness. And also the capacity after a session, after session of electrical stimulation to have uh, a better, um, I would say, neural drive around, around the, 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 this muscle. So that's problem number three. And the last problem, it's uh, what I call the uh, the three set of reps of 10 reps. So a three set of 10 reps is universal. And for sure, the foot does not escape of, of that. And that's a, a big issue for me because when you look at yeah, all the, the, the programmation of the, of the exercise in the literature, yeah, it's always... You have no motion of volume or intensity. You don't know how you uh, keep your contraction. You don't know if it's uh, maximal or not. Uh, and we, we, we don't have um, a calculation of anything about that. And that's what I said that the foot suffer from generic protocol. Uh, and that's why also we try to, uh, I, I would say we, but yeah, I try also to, to use what um, what um, Natera in this isometric strengthening principle, I use uh, also this big principle to to work on this uh, per periodization of or as create also my exercise and also after my my protocol. But to conclude, for all these. For I will say problem uh, in the current uh, foot strengthening protocol, it's I work so two or three months ago with a very um, very famous professional tennis player who's struggling with foot uh, injury, and the first time that I uh, saw it, that I saw him, sorry. Uh, I said, I said to him, okay, so what, what did you do with your previous, uh, strength and conditioning and, or physio? 
And he said to me, yeah, so he, he gave me, you know, this kind of exercise of I have to uh, elevate my alux, I have to flex my toes. And I said, yeah, 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 I, I, I know this kind of exercise. And did you do it or what, what was the effect on that? And he said to me, yeah. So the first thing he said to me that he, he didn't feel anything. So he said, I, I didn't know if it will work on, but I didn't feel any tension, you know, muscular tension, like, like, in, like he said to me, like you, like you, when you do a squat, you, you feel the burn in your quadriceps or in your glutes. And he, so he, he said to me, yeah, I didn't feel anything. And he said, I, I very, I very struggled to, to do this. So I was, um, I was very disappointed of, of this kind of exercise. So, so I stopped them and, and, so I stopped to train my foot because I, I didn't believe in that. So, and I said to him, okay, so uh, uh, I said, I know what, what, what you've done and um, you will be happy that we will do some, something else. For sure, we will do something else. It's not a question uh, of saying, oh, it's not you, Alex, that you have to elevate. It's your second toe. It's, it's a totally different approach. And, and we stop. Uh, so we start the rehab with, with, uh, with this story, but, uh, it was funny to, that, that it just raised my full problem, you know, uh, just saying these, these two sentences. So, so it, it was cool and great. So we're just going to take a very quick break in the chat with Roman. Hope you're enjoying part one. So it's over in part two, we really dive in the, into the intricacies of the forefoot. How do we assess it? What are the benchmarks that we can work against based on Roman's experience and knowledge? And then how do we go about strengthening it? What do the exercises look like? How do they integrate within the program? So really interesting part two coming up. This episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Omega Wave. Omega Wave is the only non-invasive at rest technology on the market that analyzes readiness to train via both brain and cardiac analysis. Using DC potential and HRV to understand your brain's energy level and autonomic nervous system balance allows you to use objective data on recovery and readiness that in turn helps you to truly individualize your training and thus optimize performance. Omega Wave also measures ECG from the V6 position. This data can be used by the medical profession to check cardiac health on a frequent basis. The measurement takes only four minutes to perform and results are visualized in an intuitive way thanks to our windows of trainability concept. Omega Wave is used by hundreds of elite sports, military and law enforcement organizations. Omega Wave are also the official partner of the UFC Performance Institute. Learn more about Omega Wave by visiting their website, omegawave.com, and their social media channels. And this episode is also sponsored by Stanta College. Stanta College, led by Dr. Liam Hennessy, provides international recognized qualifications in strength and conditioning and performance science from certificate to master's level. Courses are designed by industry leaders such as Des Ryan and Professor Ian Jeffries, ensuring students and graduates are at the cutting edge of technology and learning the most current methodologies from world-renowned practitioners. Stanta College's unique blended learning approach allows you to take the next step in your career in your own time and at your own pace. 
Lectures are delivered in an online classroom, while residential workshops provide the perfect opportunity for practical application of your studies with guidance from experts within the field of sports science and performance coaching. With campus locations across Ireland, the UK, USA, India and South Africa, applications are now open for courses including the BSc in Strength and Conditioning, MSc in Performance Coaching and MSc in Applied Sport and Exercise Physiology. Visit tantacollege.com for more information on how to apply. And now back to the episode with Roman. Excellent. Well, I think that's an incredible overview of anatomy, of how it links to sports performance and kind of current protocols that are out there. So let's dive into the assessment side of things and we'll start with the forefoot. When it comes to in the lab and most listeners of the Pace Performance Podcast will think about what goes on in the gym and in the in the physio room. What assessments have we got at our disposal to assess the forefoot? Yeah, so as I said before, it's yeah, maybe the less assess and the less trained. It's the less assess also because it's I don't say it, difficult but i will say that we don't know you know you have many joints so which uh, joint can you uh, assess in the foot and for sure we believe now that uh, the forefoot and the uh, strength flexion around the mtp joint is a, is an issue and is uh, a, re- a really good assessment to assess the intrinsic foot muscle and as i told you the intrinsic extrinsic to flexor in relation to the importance also of the MTP joint in the in the in the stance phase. But yeah we don't have any gold standard uh, currently so it, you don't have a, an isokinetic dynamometer for the foot. And so that's why we created in the in the lab so I w- will talk about the, our lab setting in the lab um, an ergometer uh, where we put the foot in, 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 a, in an ergometer with the ankle in neutral position and we have a dorsiflex position and on the MTP joint and we evaluate the strength flexion around the MTP joint and we have a, a 3D4 sensor. What is great about that is that we can have the pushing effect of the tools but also, you know, the gripping effect as we also have the horizontal uh, force axis. And um, this ergometer, so we, it, it's, I have this idea with my, during the lockdown, during the, the, the pandemic with my father. So I start to create it in the wood, you know, and after I came uh, in the lab and say to JB Murray, okay, so this is what, I think could be an interesting tool to evaluate the, the, the strength of the foot and the forefoot. And after we we developed it with with an industry because yeah the wood if you know <laughs> the wood was not stiff enough and we want also to have some rate of force development so and so on and after we validate this. But yeah, it, it's a great lab setting because the first aim of my PhD is, okay, you want to speak about human foot muscle strength. So first one is the ability of you have to create something that 
is valid to to have a uh, a good assessment on the foot strength. But yeah, as I, I as a clinician and a researcher, I know that uh, it, it, it's great for lap setting. But so well, if I have my athlete now, for what can I do? Why can I say that he has a good foot strength or a good strength? And so that's why I uh, have one clinical. I say one clinical setting. It's the it's with the NL dynamometer. But it was great to create this clinical setting, knowing the potential composition and knowing what we're struggling in the lab uh, to have a valid, you know, uh, to have a reproducible with uh, less measurement error with our lab setting. And so that's why um, it's, I won't say it's not the gold standard of the clinical setting as if you look at also on social media, different uh, practitioners have other uh, setting around around the foot strength measurement. But my advice would be to to have um, a fixation really of the of the ankle and also on the MTP joint. So a fixation, I would say, a belt could be uh, very important on that, and also. Uh, if you want to have, I would say, a good foot strength assessment around the intrinsic and the extrinsic two flexor, you have to be in your ankle near uh, neutral position or in neutral position. And you have to have a little bit uh, of dorsiflexion also because you know that you are in the... Um, force length optimization of this muscle. But if you want to have much more intrinsic contribution, you also you just have to be uh, in uh, your MTP joint in neutral position also, but your your ankle in uh, really large ankle plantar fl- uh, flexion, sorry, to have the reduction of the contribution of the intrinsic. So that will be my advice and the tool yeah, uh, I would say um, an uh, NL dynamometer. And also I start to work with the force frame from, from with the force frame from, from Val to, to have also a, a, a setting around that, but knowing these two advice, so fixation of the ankle, a fixation of the MTP joint to avoid, I would say the compensation with the calf that could uh, um, that could create some force ar- around the, the forefoot, but just do it, just iliorize. This is the big compensation. So yeah. And what about yeah? What about the good value of strength? I will say with my the clinical setting that I put in, in the article, I would say that in the um, in the first race, sorry in the first rate assessment, it's 2.79 Newton per kilos. And for the lesser tools, it's 2.2 Newton, Newton per kilo in fully rehabilitate, sorry, athletes. Uh, that's this because yeah, the first rate should be, uh, should be greater and should have a, a greater force than the lesser two. So a ratio of 1.2, 1.3. Perfect. So that's assessment, forefoot assessment 
side of things. Yep. Yep. So how can we then take that on? We've done the assessment. We've benchmarked against those numbers that you've just mentioned there. And we want to, we want to strengthen that area. What protocols yep. do you have to put in place to strengthen the forefoot and, and move that needle forward? So you, as you mentioned, so you have your assessment so that it's a cool thing. So you can say, okay, the force is not enough around the first ray and around the lesser twos in, in comparison to, to the other foot. So, or in, in comparison to what, uh, I have an experience form from a good normative value or so. If you have, I would say, all the tools together, I will start with my four-foot strength exercise. And my big, I would say, my main uh, exercise on that is the four-foot strengthening in uh, so single, single leg or double leg stance position. And I will, after in this exercise, I will... Uh, take into account all the previous problem that I mentioned before. So I will use uh, a maximal uh, pushing action. So it's a PIMA for what we know about the isometric strengthening. So it's a pushing isometric maximal action. So pushing strength flexion around the MTP joint. So you have a dosiflection of the of the of the tools, as I told you, to increase the force length optimization, so to have a better capacity to uh, uh, produce forces. So that's the first thing. You have a body overloading, and as I told in the uh, in, in my programmation, that if I use much more hypertrophy strength uh, program. We know that after after rehab, uh, after rehab, after foot ankle injury, or when, when you leave out your cast, uh, you have hypertrophy of the calf. That what we always uh, seen in many many athletes, but uh, we forget also that we you also have an atrophy of the intrinsic foot muscle, but we don't see see it visually. I would say, so I use this kind of program. Yeah. I would say much more post-operative, but also when you have, uh, I would say, a, a chronic issue uh, sometime. And in consideration to hypertrophy, um, I use um, it's the the volume of isometric uh, isometric contraction. It, it's the total volume. Sorry. So I. I'm between um, a pushing action between seven and 10 seconds. I have, yeah, some set uh, and and, uh, set and reps, so between six and seven reps and between, yeah, four and and six sets. So to have between 140 and 222 seconds of total volume of, of pushing action. And I decrease also in for the hypertrophy, the body overloading. So that's depend if you are in single leg stance, if you want to work just one leg or in body uh, in double leg stance, if you want to work both of your limb. 
But the body overloading, it's I would say between 30% of your body weight to could be 150 for the body weight. And the programmation, it's I would say always increase the body overloading, decrease the volume. So the total isometric uh, second contraction and increase my what I call my body forward leaning. So when you are in this position, it's you know to have a little bit uh, forward leaning because you you will have an anteriorization of the center of mass and sort of pressure under the foot, and you increase also the activity just. Uh, uh, inside the foot, so that's also a, a, a great progression. So yeah, increase the body weight, decrease the volume, and increase the forwarding. That until my week, this will be my <clears throat> my clear progression around that. And when you are maximal force, you have much more body overloading, and you have a contraction between three and five seconds. And you, you have a total volume of 60 to 80 uh, seconds. So that's for the forefoot. Uh, and if, for example, you have just a first ray, a deficit, so you could, could have a good Lesotho strength, but for example, your Lesotho has, great, has greater force than your first ray, that's, it's an issue because we know that the first ray is, I will say, the not the most important uh, ray or, or part of the forefoot, but we know that the it's really two different parts of the forefoot because the first ray has its own muscle, and we know that the volume dedicated to the first ray is greater than the vol that the um, foot muscle dedicated to the lesser two. And in consideration to that, we know that you are you should be in you. Have to be uh, have to have a greater first way strength, and it, it's funny because I usually I, I'm I'm I would say um, lucky to can to have a plantar pressure assessment, so to have a instrumented great instrumented treadmill here in Geneva, and I saw many times the correlation between a first way strength deficit and I will say um, a non-optimal plantar pressure distribution. So you know, so, so pushing with with your with with your second toes or pushing with your lateral border of the foot, which is what we know that it's impair also your your ankle function. Uh, and so that that taking to that this um, into account. So if you have first rate deficit. And that analytically, you can have, for, for a functional point of view, really also a difficulty to, to have a good distribution, um, plantar pressure distribution and force distribution just um, at the, but, uh, in your stance phase. And for that, uh, it's the first thing, the first raise, really a strong, strong uh, part of the forefoot. So, yeah. If we come back to Terrabone, I don't believe that, you know, putting a Terrabone on your Alex and, and do it in, in sitting position. It's So I, I really like the um, also the isometric way to strengthen your first ray. I really like also that in your 
if you have also feedback, it could be a plant pressure platform. It could be uh, also an, an LD nanometer with with a, with a, with an iPad or with a, your phone to see to see the force your force strength curve. So I use the I to kind of exercise so isometric uh, pushing action against a wall or against a dynamometer to have the uh, feedback in standing position. And I use uh, also uh, a leg curl, I would say modified leg curl exercise where you have to elevate elevate your elevate your toe, your first ray. But we have uh, an, an overloading, an loading on your on, uh, just at the the bottom of your of your knee, and dealing with this huge amount of load. So the leg curl could you 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 can have a great great uh, I would say a great sensation around your around your first ray around your your medial arch uh, for sure, and that's yeah. These two kind of exercise that uh, I, I will perform analytically, I will say. Mm, so yeah, so the leg curl exercise. If you don't have machine, yeah, you can put heavy bag and it's it's like it's the same position. I would say that the solid strength, for example, but uh, just the the change is that you want to elevate a little bit your Ill, but just by flexing, flexing your 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 first ring. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to episode four hundred and twenty nine of the Pacey Performance Podcast and the first of twenty twenty three. Big thanks to Roman for giving up his time. And like I said at the start, always appreciate people coming on the podcast when English is not their first language. And Roman absolutely smashed it. Sponsoring this episode today was Hawking Dynamics, Team Builder. Smarterbase, Omega Wave, and Tatanta College, and I always, always appreciate all their support because the podcast could not run its current form without these guys. So I really, really do appreciate all their support. So if you want to learn more, if you want to learn more about the different areas of the foot, strengthening, assessments, we have a part two, which will come up next week. So make sure you check out that. Also, have a little read of Roman's article when he goes into in depth into some of these concepts on Sportsmith as well. So big thanks for tuning in and I look forward to chatting to you next week.